Hello and welcome to According to John. Today's question is probably the biggest question for Christians. It is. It's it's our daily battle. Uh, yes. And I would say if you're not in this battle, no matter how much victory or, not, or, or defeat there is, if you're not in this battle, you're not a Christian. That I'll go with that one. Now, and listen, by the way, the answer to this question may not be your struggle, but the process of how uh, uh, the process that we go through during this is every person's struggle. Am I saved if I struggle with habitual sin? This is that's in, a real question, in, man. This is in the process, and in, in the in the book of theology, this is called sanctification. Problems that face us every day in our walk with Jesus, trying to win the battle over sin. Jesus conquered sin in his death, burial, and resurrection. He paid for the penalty of sin in his death, burial, and resurrection, shedding of his blood. But we're still in in the in the grasp of sin. We still right. live in fallen, sinful bodies. We live in a fallen, sinful world in whom Satan is the prince and power of the air. And, and we were told in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, be ye holy, for I am holy. And so this is the battle for holiness, for spiritual Christian victory, and we're in a battle. Well, because the truth of it, and this is what's interesting, because someone asked me, uh, um, is it possible, and we did a podcast, is it possible to live a holy life and not sin? And, and the truth is... Um, if we weren't so caught up in what we want in the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, yes. <laughs> well, Pastor John, in quoting that scripture, quoted the three main areas. That's it. That all this stuff that we face and struggle with, it's all in one of these three categories. Absolutely. Uh, name them again. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. My desires. Yep. And pride of life. Yeah. And, and, and first John talks about these and and by the way when when it says that jesus was tempted in every way that we are yet without sin that was lust of the eyes lust of the flesh pride of life he was not tempted with homosexuality he was not tempted with pedophilia or adultery or drunkenness or any of that if you go to matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 it tells you the the three things that he was tempted with and every one of them was god-sized temptations not man-sized temptations uh, and and uh, none of them consisted of the perversion that we have today yeah absolutely right i want to just take it the title again and then flesh it out in 45 years of pastoral care. well before we do that I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And we're going to go in and have a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right into this. Let's pray, brother. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you, Father. Thank you for this time that we have. And Lord, this is really an important topic that we get right. And Father, I know so many struggle with the question. And so, Lord, I just pray today that you would give each and every person that is born again the understanding that they do not lose their salvation, even if they continue in their habitual sin. But, Father, help them, help them to see what they do lose is those precious 
daily walks with you. Father, we hinder our relationship with you. We hinder our fellowship with you. And so, Father, as we walk through this, help each and every one of us to have clear understanding of what habitual sin does to our life. Father, we thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor John, over the years of, of pastor, I've had a handful, thankfully, is a small handful of people who were just literally emotionally wrecked on, on this topic because they, on one hand, they do love the Lord and they were faithful and they're in the word and they're in the church and they're serving. And yet this uh, struggle with habitual sin uh, in the categories of lust of the flesh and usually with men, it's lust of the flesh. Right. And it still often is the pride of life, too. It's brought a lot of preachers down. Well, you know, with women, it, it, you know, it used to be, they said, you know, 94% of men have seen pornography or watch pornography. Uh, today, and, and it was 40% of women. Today, it's still 94% men, but now it's 83% women watch yikes. pornography yeah yikes and uh so i've had i've been in the the pastoral side of this where people are coming to me with this struggle i mean to the point of nervous breakdown i mean to the point of i can't function right. to the point am i really a christian and and the thing i've always gone back to to people is if you're not a christian the spirit of the evil one the spirit of this world is going to make you think i'm okay you know yeah. i believe in god i'm okay right. the, the the devil's going to lie to you make you think you're okay when you're not okay and when you become okay, because you have literally called upon the name of the Lord, you've received him into your heart, you've been born again, and you know it, well, he's going to come into you, he's going to lie to you and say, you're not really a Christian. Right. He's going to lie to everybody. If you're, if you're saved and serving the Lord, and this is a handle, this is a tool of Satan. When people have, 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 have crossed that line, they know they shouldn't go there with the lust of the flesh, porn, or certain i used to live at the beach and it wasn't for the sand and the sun right and uh back in in the day um that uh, the struggle that is on and we don't want to be in this struggle uh, uh I, I you know paul wrote about that in romans chapter 8 the things i don't want to do mm. I, I do chapter 7 yeah the things i want to do I, I i don't do and so that is kind of at the core uh, of just this battle between the flesh, which wants to sin, and the spirit that wants us to be holy. Mm -hmm. And if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we do walk in the flesh, we, we will yeah. fulfill lust. So one, one of the things that we're going to start with is, uh, first off, every Christian will struggle with sin. You're either going to struggle because you're practicing it, or you're going to struggle to not practice it. But you're like, there's sin is a struggle. And John writes to believers in first John one, eight, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so we see from the scriptures that we have sin and that we have sinned. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it's, it's a struggle. It's real. At the cross, Jesus Christ, shedding of his blood, paid for the penalty of our sins, past, present, and future. One sacrifice, once for all. But it did not deliver us 
from all of the power of sin right. in the moment. The penalty's been paid for, but the power of sin is still here. Mm. And that's what this these verses are talking about. That yeah, we're, God is. A, he could have just taken us straight to heaven, or he could have crucified us from this body and of taken God. away all desire of sin. Yeah, he, he put and us made in, us perfect. Yeah, and um, he could have done that, but he chose not to. That would have been good, though. I would have liked. That. I would have liked. That. I would have <laughs> conquered more sin I'm, that way. I'm a proponent of Lord. You just and make Jesus, me a robot. And Jesus <laughs> says, "I'm coming back, and I'll fix it." I know. But I want you to have this opportunity. Uh, with my, the help of my spirit to 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 deal with these things, and we're going to be rewarded on the other side. There's a, uh, I can't think of which crown it is, but there's a special crown for those that righteous are living. Yeah, the righteous living mm-hmm. crown, and or righteousness uh, crown of righteousness. Crown of righteousness. Yeah, yeah. So he will come and deliver us from the very presence of sin. We get our new bodies and we won't sin again, but now he's left us in this right. body of sin. You're right. That's, well, and and here's the other thing too, if if uh if we listen if if we weren't going to continue to sin and god knew we were going to continue to sin that's why jesus taught us how to pray and it is not into yeah temptation. deliver yeah. us deliver us forgive us yeah. i mean you know so when you have matthew 6 12 forgive us our debts or our sin and forgive those who sin against us. And these are really the prayers of people who are saved. Yeah. These are the prayers of people who do love the Lord. These are the people who are trying to be holy. Mm. And I see people struggling with sin. It confirms to me that they've been saved. If they can sin and not have it bother them, then they're they're not saved. Well, and that's the thing. And I will tell you this. Uh, you and I were talking, and so I'm as transparent as I am. I'm just going to float it out there. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but before I got saved, uh, listen, I, I looked at women inappropriately. Yeah. They look at their body instead of their face. Yeah, what face? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. they had one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got saved and all of a sudden I didn't see their body. I saw their eyes. The way that fleshed out for me, I didn't see boy toys. I saw women created in the image of God, godly older women as mothers and younger women as sisters. All of a sudden, I started seeing the soul. Yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, the physical, you mm-hmm. begin to see the spiritual. And that is probably the greatest help. Yeah. Uh, that was the greatest help. Uh, but I would tell you this. There have been periods of in the last 30 years where... Um, Maybe I was in a situation I shouldn't have been in. Not not that I've purposely went in or, or you just see things, right? And if my walk with Jesus is not where it needs to be, I notice that my eyes get fatigued and they drop down. <laughs> and all of a sudden I start seeing women's bodies rather than their eyes. And I know immediately that is my cue. John, you 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 better do get you better out of get, here. Yeah. Yeah, you, and you better get right with Jesus because you've you your armor you've let your armor down a little bit or something mm-hmm. somewhere, or maybe I'm not my prayer life isn't where it needs to be, or my reading isn't where it needs to be, and I know I got to get back on well, it. The Bible says, "Make no provision mm-hmm. for the flesh." I yeah. remember driving up, stopping. There's a gal sitting on the park bench at the intersection, and it's kind of seeing she's exposing stuff that, as a as a, a man of God, I don't want to see. Right. 
uh, man of sin. I love it. Right. But and that's like in one podcast I was telling you about, I had to just delete this one person I was following because all of her posts went sexual. Yeah. And I went, I can't do this. I yeah. deleted it. Yeah. And I remember in the old days, I would have driven around the block again to take another look. Mm, and right. I timed it so I could sit there when it's red. But in Christ, I see that and my, 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 my flesh wants that, but the spirit battling against mm -hmm. the flesh convicts me in that right. moment and says, look forward, don't look back, put the pedals to the metal, get out of here. Well, and, and here's the other thing. If you're struggling to lose your salvation, first off, you don't. But how about this? Uh, if we confess our sins, right? Jesus is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Look here in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so um, um, you, have to, you have to go to the Lord and you have to seek his forgiveness. But if you constantly go to the Lord and in preparation for the battle, then nine times out of ten you're going to win the battle each day. Yeah, I think it's a matter of identifying sin. Uh, Christ died for the penalty of our sin. But sin remains in me and right. my fallen nature, the Bible calls the flesh. Now, in Christ, by calling on his name, believing in him as my personal Lord and Savior, I am, I am saved. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit right. uh, of promise. Now, uh, the, the sins that are around me, now we have, that, well, we have that standing with God. I'm his son. And we have this fellowship with God. I see that on the screen here, the word fellowship. Yeah, the fellowship is what we hinder the most. But but I want to I want to back up just a touch because you jumped down too many lines for him. From Sorry, me. I, uh, I do that. You do. <laughs> Johnny doesn't know why he loves me. He just does. So, so here's what I want you to know, guys, that the Bible clearly shows that after salvation, Christians will still sin unfortunately clear in scripture because we're not perfect but we also can't use that as our excuse either Amen. but james 3 2 says this for we all stumble in many things if anyone does not stumble in word he is a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body and so we're still going to stumble because we're not perfect james 3 8 says but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So even if we don't sin with the lust of our eyes, if we don't control the flesh, we're going to sin with it as well. And, and so um, James 4, 17, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. And so if you do something and it's not right for you and you know it's not right for you, it's sin. And you're going to sin. Don't. Um, blame shift. Yeah. Don't rename it. I heard the word repentance is getting on side of God. Repentance is getting on God's side of things against yourself and staying there. Right. And so we're in this battle, and this this is the best case scenario. You you've said something that's critical, and you, you didn't need to say it, and, and you're convicted. And I've had many moments like that when it, I was convicted immediately by the Holy Spirit. And I just, I said, I just wish I hadn't said that. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, I, I was wrong. Yep. It was my flesh, not the spirit. Yep. I'm, and, I, and it may not even be wrong in what you said. It may just be the wrong time. And it 
did damage. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, we, cause we, there's times to say things and times to be quiet. And yeah. so it may not even be what you said, but when you said it and the tone in which you said it in, yeah, like I, all of that. I notice even now I've, I've been in the Lord for 51 years and I'm married to a lovely lady and we have a great marriage and great kids and great family and all that. Yeah. But I'm impatient and I just like, I want to say things that are just so full of impatience. Let's do it now. You know, when it's time to leave, let's just say goodbye. So here's, here's walk out. Here's a problem I have. So my wife gives details, lots and lots and lots of and details. I understand that. Okay. I don't care. Give me the point. And so there are times when my wife is talking and I will ask her, is there a point to this? <laughs> because I don't, I counsel John not to say that. <laughs> and so she knows, or I'll say, or she'll be talking and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Get, give me what matters. <laughs> well, I have been guilty of that as well, Pastor John. Yeah, I'm and not like I don't care. Just get to a, the meat. There's a lot of verses in 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 Psalms, or excuse me, in Proverbs. That I have my KMS verses. Keep mouth shut. Yeah, that's one of them, John. That's one yeah, of them. Right. I'm so impatient. Let's go. It's time to go. Let's go now. Yeah. And then yeah. It, it takes my wife and daughters like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Coats on. Yeah. Things gathered. I'm 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 out in the car. Engines on. The cars frustration building. I'm getting I'm mad and madder and maddest. And then they come out. I want to say something negative. And the Holy Spirit says, "Duke, shut up, shut up." I love them with all their little stories and all the tears. I love those girls as much as I love you. And right now, I think I love them more than I love you. Just yeah. chill out. Yeah. Uh, I I'm in the God of all time and you just love them and shut up. Yeah. The Holy spirit tells me to shut up a yeah. lot. Yeah. And sometimes I listen to yeah. him yeah. every now and, and then. And then when I don't, I wish yeah. I would. I, I know that's the thing, right? Well, Philippians three twelve says this, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And so we see that we're going to sin that we are not, already perfect we that doesn't happen until the rapture and when we receive our, our perfect bodies and guys you're going to struggle with sin um listen hebrews 412 i'm sorry i don't know why i said 412 hebrews 12 1 describes how the believer has victory over habitual sin or how the believer can obtain victory. And we're gonna talk about victory in part two. Uh, this will be part one uh, of the podcast, and part two is gonna be the victory. So you definitely want to uh, listen to part two. But in Hebrews 12, one, it says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, in other words, those witnesses aren't people that are watching us. Those witnesses are the ones that set the example. If you go back in chapter 11, they are, they are the heroes of the faith. They are the witnesses, meaning that their actions prove or witness what he's telling us. And then he says this, uh, whoever the, the author of Hebrews is, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Sin. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so, you know, what? I was actually studying this out years ago. And what I found interesting is even back then, 
in the history books that I was reading, the runners would get rid of their spleens. Wow. I didn't know that. To save weight so they could run faster. Because, you know, they also ran in the nude. Because... Yeah, the Greek Olympics. And yeah, they shaved their hair. They they did everything they could possibly do to shave weight. Light, lighten the load. Yep. And so when Paul, or well, whoever, because we don't know if it's Paul, whoever the author of I Hebrews think it's Paul. is, Wait, go ahead. Uh, when it says, let us lay aside every weight, um, that's that's what he's talking about. What What is it that's holding you back? Uh, you won't load up a 30-pound backpack uh, to to go hiking on a on a 20-mile hike for the day. You're just not going to do that. You're going to go lightweight. And so, so why? So you have the endurance and you can finish what you started. This is what he's talking about. Get rid of that weight or that sin that is constantly pulling you back and holding you down. I heard it put this way. Uh, our problem, you know, the sinful part of our problem can be our opportunity. God left us in this flesh and he explains to us why in the book of Romans, by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, those last two words, in hope, he's left us in this natural body in hope that we would realize, I'm a loser, I can't, but he can. Yeah, but that goes against, you. You just, dude, you just violated every woke person out there. I guess I did. You're a loser. <laughs> Without Christ, they're right. Without Christ, Christ, we are losers. We are more than conquerors through Christ. And he left us in this natural body in hope. You know, you and I, we brought children into this world, and we did it on purpose. And we knew that when we brought these children into the world, they're going to be expensive. They're going to cost us a lot of sleep, a lot of money, and some heartache along the way. And potentially, as a minister, if I can't have godly children, I'm not qualified to be a pastor. And so we brought them into the world anyway. Mm in hope in yeah. hope that as we kissed the boo-boos and provided every need and, and and just was there to teach them to walk teach them to crawl teach them to ride the bike all through the years loving on them loving on that one day they'll get it and love us back right and that's what god has that's why god has left us in these natural bodies to see what we're going to do with it are we going to lean in on jesus right. and, not and it, not for him to see but for us yeah. to realize. Yeah, and to walk in those victories. And I remember the excitement that first year uh, of, of uh, in Christ because I, I had a whole drawer full of pornography. Right, right. And uh, the, the next morning after I was saved, I got up at 4.30 in the morning, first light in Ohio, in the summer solstice. You know, the was, victory of throwing it all out. And I, I, had, I lit a fire. We had to burn boxes in those days, a burn barrel. Right. And I lit it up and I burnt that pornography and I didn't know, I didn't do a Bible study. Is this okay or not? Okay. I just knew the Holy spirit inside of me said, this is not bad. We called them dirty books for a reason. And I didn't want my mind to be dirty anymore. And I got up in the morning, didn't hear any sermons. I got it before the family was there because I was kind of embarrassed that I had that mom saw it before. And, but that whole, that whole drawer got burnt. Well, well, but think about this too, man. A lot of people need to see Christ and for for many of them the only way to see Christ is through us yeah as one person said we might be the only bible the person ever reads and so that's another reason God's like no you got to walk it out so that you can show other people how to be victorious victorious over sin i yeah. remember i i went to a football yeah. game right after i, I the september I got saved in june and there was a girl there her name was charlotte templeton 
and we were terrible to her. She was a, a big girl. I mean, big and strong and pretty heavy. And we, we, we called her giant hog. That was her name. Dude, that's bad. That is terrible. Yeah. I was so guilty of that. Like that's not even humorous. No, no. And that's why I'm not saying even that. today. Like, like sometimes you can pick a nickname and, and somebody could giggle. Dude, that's not even no, anything. That's, it's, it's filthy. Yeah. It was horrible. And that's, that's what I called her. So now I, I've been wow. saved now too much. You need to be ashamed of yourself. I am. I'm <laughs> confessing. I'm confessing publicly. So I go to the football game, and there, there's Charlotte. And I went up to her, and I, I said, uh, Charlotte, I, uh, it's great to see you. I this had, is after you were saved. I was, I, I'd been saved for yep. two months now, okay. graduated. She was in school with me all those years. I mistreated her. I was terrible. And, and, and I said, it's so great to see you again. And um, I said, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, I've – become a Christian and I feel a calling into the ministry. And she goes, it's true. It's true. It's true. You are for real. You really are a Christian. And I said, well, thank you. But how, how can, how can you tell me that? She said, it's the first time you ever called me by my real name. I cried. Dude, that's, yeah, that's, I like, hugged her and right. there was, a, and she forgave me. She's a Christian girl and she forgave me. And it was such a, it was weight off of me. Yep. I had guilt because I was such a, I was a bad dude. Yeah, you were a jerk. That, yeah. Yeah. And she could see the humility. Mm -hmm. See, the Holy Spirit, when he works in you, he takes away all that pride. Right, right. And, and, and I valued her as a, as yeah. a, as a, a, ch a child of God more right. than me being egotistical and putting right. anybody down I want. And it was, it, was a, it was a holy moment for me and her. And it was a moment that I'll never forget and she'll never forget. Right. But that, that brokenness that God brings, and by the grace of God, well, I've never been guilty of that kind of insanity again. You know, you think about it, Romans seven fourteen through 25, Paul talks about that, right? Um, and he's like, verse 15, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate to do, that's what I do. And he goes on with his whole thing. And then, and then he says this, though. In verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am. Because he goes through that whole thing, if you read it 14 through 25. But in 24, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. And then he asked the question, the question of all questions in this situation. He says, who will deliver me from this body of death? That's the question. And then he answers it. Mm -hmm. Verse yeah. 25, uh -huh. I thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so... It's like, I am this wretched person. I, I do what I don't want to do. It's sinful, and I know it's sinful behavior, and for whatever reason, I keep doing it, but I have victory. Who will deliver me? I have victory through Jesus Christ. And nobody else. It's not a 12-step self-help program. Nope. It's a one-stop person, Jesus. Right, and and when you get that, you call girls by their their real name. A re their real name. When you get that, you realize that that this sin that wants victory over your life doesn't have the power unless you give it the power because you have victory through Jesus Christ. And so we have to understand that habitual sin, habitual sin will not cause us to lose our salvation, but it will definitely, definitely ruin or hinder our fellowship with God. And our testimony before people. Absolutely. So, for example, my children, um, if my girls 
are living in sin, it will never affect our relationship. Our relationship will always be, I am their father, they are my daughter. That will never, ever change. But that being said, we may not get along as well as we would if they would listen. Yeah. Difference right? between relationship and fellowship. That's that's huge in understanding. That's it. And gaining victory over this battle. Right. But you were talking uh, a, a moment ago about how, how much fun this is and how much joy it brings. You know, sin locked me in. I called people filthy names because yep. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit came in and changed all that and said, they're my children. You humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And I humbled myself before Charlotte that day. It, it was, I, I felt so good about that. And so did she. Right. And uh, now I saw her like a, a couple of weeks later, it's just instant, you know, boom, another hug. And right. well, Charlotte. because listen, when there's restoration, um, yeah, now there's, there's a relationship, a there's relationship. a relationship. Yeah. And, and so, you know, but guys, listen, you know, th- this is a fight. It's an ongoing fight. It's an ongoing battle to make sure that we do right. And we don't sin. And you said it, Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old names, the old attitude, the old thought process, the old desires. All the old the places old, I used to go. Don't go there anymore. It's all old. That's why it's called old. old. It's gone. New. So now, because of Christ, we have a new mind, a new heart, a new desire. And so the old passes away because that's not who we are anymore if we are in Christ. Romans 6, 4 says this, therefore we were buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Oldness and newness. Oldness is me, my filth, my my flesh. The newness is the Holy Spirit yep. of Jesus living inside of us. And he did does radical things for those of us who've come from deep in sin. But right. I know my mom, when she cleaned my room, she'd open that drawer and there's no more porn. Right. She she took note of that. See? And she, she brought it to my attention. It was kind of humbling. I said, well, I'm kind of embarrassed that it was ever there in the first place. She goes, well, you're a guy and you're a teen. And I know that's... She goes, but you have changed. Right. And she also said, you used to call your brothers just nasty names. You stupid idiot. You're so lame. You're so dumb. And and I love my brothers, and we loved each other a lot. But that's just how we rolled. When I got saved, that changed. Right. I, I never called right. him a name after that. That's Well, and that's that, that's that, uh, uh, the, the spiritual growth process that we call sanctification. Yeah. You happening. get saved, and you start changing. Yeah, into and, Christ. And it happens from the inside. Right. And it happens to the outside. But then, you know, along the way, we get into the habitual sin. Right. So that's right. basically the general right. thing. Well, but here's also what we have to understand is that at the moment you get saved, which is just what you were talking about, right? That we change. And what what happens is the Holy Spirit starts conforming us into Christ. Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be firstborn among many brethren. And so we are conformed by God's design and desire for us not to be sinful humanity, 
but that we are to be righteous and spiritual humans by allowing the Holy Spirit to conform us into the things of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Setting us apart. Setting us apart, that process of growing into righteousness, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Well, that's one thing, and then he goes on about other things, but the whole point of this verse is that it's the will of God, your sanctification. It could easily have said that you should abstain from sin because that's the whole process here, and that's the will of God. Not that we're perfect, but that we abstain. We no longer practice that which he does not approve of. And this is, I think, where, and, and the Holy Spirit guides us and, and, and moves in us, right? And then God continues to work throughout our life. Look here, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, confident. Not, uh, will I lose my salvation through habitual sin? No, 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 you're going to be confident by the time we're done of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus. He is the deliverer. He is the one that gives you new life, new mind, new thinking, and the old passes away, right. and people are watching. And it's an amazing thing. I remember dating before I was saved, <laughs> and then <laughs> I remember dating after I got saved, and it really wasn't almost like dates. You are just kind of hanging out with girls. Cause, and I remember I dated Jawan for a full month, and I never... I never held yep. her hand. I never kissed her. Not for a lot. And the other of ones, if they weren't giving it out, you were kicking them out. Yeah. So I, I was, yeah, you know, I, I was in the world. Right. And then I remember, you know, she, you know, we dated a month, and she could tell I really liked her a lot. Right. And uh, but she goes, "You, we've been dating a month, and you haven't even held my hand." And I said, "Well, I can take that by faith." I said, <laughs> "I said I treasure you not just for your femininity and your beauty and your, you know." I, I said, I, I want to be, I want to, I admire you as a, as a daughter of God. You're right. God's property. Right. You're not a boy toy. You're a beautiful woman. You take care of it. God stuff. You need to yeah. be treated like a, a, you know, a princess. And right. she was kind of well, like, like impressed with that. Right. And, but look at this verse, man it says being confident is very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until now, the day of Jesus Christ literally is until the rapture. Right. Is when the rapture happens. Why? Because the Holy Spirit no longer will be used to conform you because we will have been changed in a twinkling of an eye and we'll be in the presence of God uh, in heaven. And so l listen to this verse, guys. The one who began, that's the moment of salvation, right, will complete it until the rapture. And so you're not going to lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. And God will not stop working on you with and through and in your salvation. I have a gal on my podcast and, uh, or no, my Facebook uh, family, and she used to attend my church years ago, a beautiful young woman. She's probably in her early 40s, and she was uh, really struggling with a you know, whole, whole bunch of stuff, unstable family background, and she got into smoking weed and just in broken home and, and, um, it, she just struggled and struggled and struggled. And about she, she'd 
be sober for a while and back, back and forth. And about five months ago now, she just sort of like died to self. Mm. And she's been walking in tremendous victory. And I always send her little words of encouragement, you yeah, know, right. and, and, uh, and I, I actually sent her some of these verses, great, you know, nice. that you've used and, and along the way. And she's been sober now for like five months and she's reconciled with some of her kids are kind of growing up now and with her family and she's got a good job and, and there's, there's joy coming. So she was so down for so long and now she's so up by the power of the gospel. Mm. I love Amen. Those stories. And well, and that's that's what does it. Because guys, here's the other thing. When we are conformed into the image, we get saved. It's a process, right? We called it sanctification. This is the words that we used. But I'm just going to tell you this. In in 2 Corinthians 3:18 it says, "But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Being. Exactly. It takes a little while. We're being transformed. It, it is a process. And that process or the length of time in the difficulty is completely dependent on our surrender. So if if you don't fully surrender everything to the Lord, Man, it's going to be a hard process. Rocky Road. Yeah, I'm reminded of the movie Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> One of those movies I never saw. Probably wish I did. Yeah, you need to you need to see it. Cool Hand Luke. But here's the thing: he would not surrender to the process, and ultimately it cost him his life. But he would not surrender to the process, so he was constantly beat and put in uh, uh, the box and chained and losing uh, privileges. Like it was a constant battle because. He wouldn't surrender. And guys, you're being transformed. But if you're not surrendering all, it's going to be a battle and and it's it's going to be a struggle. And listen, I'm just going to tell you um, that this battle and this transformation won't be complete until we see Jesus face to face. Look here in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. Very clear to the Christian. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It's not complete, your struggle with sin, until that day. Yeah. When we're surrendered, we're now in his power. Yes. When we resist, we're in our own power. And I think if if I'm a Christian and I'm in my own power, I think Satan's going to mess with me more because he can. Well. Because he can. And if I'm a Christian, he wants to bring me down so others won't see Christ in me. And listen, that takes us to the next verse. Listen, God does the work. Don't make no mistake about it. God does all the work, right? But we have to submit ourselves to him. Look here in Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray. That means be on guard and be seeking his face for his strength. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation, sin. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh flesh is weak. is weak. Weak. Look at Luke 12, 15. And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Take heed, be aware. 
Look here in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care or your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. Then it goes on. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. And so there are going to be issues. Cast your care upon him. Humble yourself. Uh, the devil is after you. He is like a roaring lion. He will not stop. But what do are we told to do? Verse 9, resist him. And, and guys, the, the, whole, the whole key to stopping the habitual sin is humble yourself unto the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When we die to self, he lives in us. He's the victor. And it's so easy to say these things. Oh, right. It's so easy to say them. I can quote all these verses, and yet it comes to that. I call it the, the critical moment. Yeah. <laughs> the critical moment. I mean, this is the moment. What am I going to do? Am I going right. to yield myself unto unrighteousness and sin? Right. Or am I going to yield myself to Christ and walk in victory and glorify him? Well, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I think it's in that order. Yeah, God said it is. Exactly. If we don't submit, none of this happens. Submit to God, resist the devil. See, the problem with a lot of people is we don't, first off, we don't want to surrender. Second, we want God to just take it away. Remember we were talking about being robots and yeah. how sweet that would be if God just took over. But the reality is there's a ton of work on our part to Stop the habitual sin. If there's no will on our part, there's no worship on our part. Help. There's a point. You, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to New York. I got a point. We take it home and frame it in South Carolina. Point <laughs> from Pastor John Westfall. <laughs> but that is true. Merry Christmas to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. If you're not working at it, you're you're not worshiping God. Yeah. There's no worship. He's given us a will, and this is, you know, yeah. I, I I surrendered my will to Him June 18, 1972, when I called upon His name and asked Him forgive me my sins, come right. into my heart and save me. But you know, I I yield to His will. You know, I potentially every day, uh, mm -hmm. many times through the day, there's that that moment of of lust, that moment of pride, that and and in that moment, my mouth wants to say some something wrong or my eyes want to go somewhere they, they, they don't belong to emote to uh, create lust and in that moment we yield to jesus and there's victory and so every day we have these opportunities to to be holy and you know not holier than thou and not egotistical and legalistic and i'm here and you're there right. no none of that you don't even think about others it's just i just want to glorify god that's all yep yeah listen paul says this in philippians uh, three, 12 through 15. Uh, I'm not going to read all of it, but I am going to look at 14 and 15 because Paul encourages us. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward that, 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 
press toward literally is he is exerting all of his effort into that goal, right? Into to to pressing toward uh, uh, Christ. Christ. Verse fifteen. Therefore, because because of of this work that is going to take, let us, and this is the key, as many as are mature. Verse fifteen, guys. Therefore, let us. As many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. And the battle for the mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yes. Uh, Though he was was God with us, he humbled himself. We have to humble ourselves. And and he went through his calling of God to, to go to the cross, humbled himself before God, and was criticized by man and yet in his brokenness he gives life yeah hey guys listen i let me let me we're going to end part one with this and we're going to pick up part two here real uh with with the continuance of how we can have victory in this but the reality is habitual sin is not going to keep you out of heaven it will hurt your fellowship with god it will hurt your walk it'll hurt your testimony it will keep you weak and vulnerable to Satan. You have to surrender yourself. In part two, we're going to tell you what that looks like. So thank you for listening. I hope that it has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless. God bless.